Welcome to the VBPH Sermon Podcast. All this week we'll be featuring sermons from the recent 2023 Bible Conference in Tempe, Arizona, pastored by Mark Olson. We hope these are a blessing to you, and we're sure they will be. Thanks for listening and supporting world evangelism, and enjoy today's sermon. Thank you very much. Amen. My name is Greg Mitchell, or according to MacArthur Smith, I am Biggie Smalls. So, (laughs) amen. (laughs) Notice the resemblance. Amen. What a privilege it is for me to be able to preach on a Thursday night in the Tempe Conference. Mark and Michelle Olson are consummate missionaries, did a fantastic job in the Philippines. And now the Tempe Church they pastor is a church planting center to the nations of the world. I love to preach on missions night. My wife and I uh, have been missionaries laboring in the Lord, so it's my privilege to be here. Turn in your Bibles to the book of John chapter 6. John chapter 6. When Sam Walton uh, was starting what became Walmart, He went to seven of his friends, explained this venture that he was beginning, and he asked them to invest $2,000 each. $2,000 would give them a portion of the stock in this venture that was called Walmart. Six of his friends did. They could see he is telling them the vision of how it was going to operate So six of them did. They invested $2,000, but one friend turned him down because he said, no, I've been saving money to buy a riding lawnmower. (laughs) If you bought $2,000 worth of stock from the beginning, the stock alone would be worth $5.6 million today. And that's not to mention they've been paying dividends for all of these years. So that one friend, he had no vision. Because he had no vision, he would not release. The text that we're going to read tells about a miracle that is triggered when a boy releases resources, his lunch for God's will. And when he releases What he has, his resources, there's miracle impact on the multitudes and a miracle release of supply. I want to preach about releasing resources, give you a challenge on world evangelism. John 6, we're going to start reading at verse 5. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes, seeing a great multitude come toward him. He said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But this he said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them so that everyone may have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? Then Jesus said, make the people sit down. There was much grass in the place. So the men sat down in number about 5,000. Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, distributed to the disciples, the disciples distributed to those sitting down, likewise of the fish, as much 
as they wanted. So when they were filled, he said to his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. Therefore, they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which were left over by those who had eaten. Let's talk about resources for a moment. In our text, it tells us one of the most common factors of life that is true for every person, resources. Resources are placed into our hands. Verse 9, there's a boy here. He has five barley loaves and two small fish. The lunch was a physical resource, and I'm using that as a picture of money. Every person here has resources, different amounts. That's a Bible principle, Matthew 25. He distributed some five, some two, some one. We don't all have the same amount. We all do have resources. Some of you work to earn your resources. Some of you have businesses. That is where your resources come from. Some of you have been given resources in different ways, but everyone has something. Resources are often, they're quite normal. Some of you, your check just goes in on Friday or whenever the uh, uh, payday comes. It becomes normal to you. It's mundane. I, I don't think when the money hits your account that the angels begin to sing and, and uh, lightning comes from heaven. It, it's just life. It's money comes in. We've got to pay bills. We're going to save whatever we're going to do. I doubt when this boy was sent off with bread and fish, probably the bread baked by the mother, perhaps the fish caught by the father, I don't think that they realized how powerful this would be. To them, it's just lunch. You're going to be there. Who knows how long the meeting is going to go. Make sure you have something to eat. No doubt there were many lunches there that day, but only one lunch triggered a miracle. You see, every resource, whatever amount you have, if you think you have a lot, if you have a little, every resource has choices. In other words, you have the power to choose what you are going to do with the resources placed into your hand. Acts 5.4, didn't it belong to you before it was sold? After it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? Think about two choices you can make with the resources of life. Number one, you can consume it. The lunch was brought by the boy to eat it. He did not bring it for other people. He brought it for him to eat. But whatever is consumed does no good for anybody else. When I first moved out on my own, I made a massive salary. My wife married me for my money. I made $97 a week. <laughs> I had a roommate. He had a, uh, a management job. He made seven times my salary. Got paid on Friday. Monday, he was complaining, I have no money. And I'm incredulous. Like, how can it be? How, it's only been two days. How can you have no money? Where did it go? The amount of money he had was staggering in, in my life. Where did it go? He, I, I said, no, come on. Get a piece of paper. Where did your money go since Friday? Well, went through fast food. Got there. Went into, you know, like an equivalent of a Circle K. Bought some ice cream. 
when, you know, had a little bit of recreation. So in two days, he consumed it all and had nothing left. But the only person who got any benefit of that was him. And that, of course, is what many people do with the resources given. They consume it for themselves. Second choice, you can hold on to it. This is the instinct of safety that some people have. Save for later because you never know what will happen. Luke 12, 18, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns, build bigger ones, and there I will store all my grain and my goods. You can do that. Save, save, save for a rainy day. Save for the future. That's, that's, saving is a good thing. But what is held on to also does no good for anyone else. There's a woman, Hetty Green, in 1916, when she died, she left an estate at the time worth $100 million back then. That is $2.9 billion today. Staggering amount of money. But she was bound. Hetty Green was the richest woman in America and actually one of the richest people in America. She ate cold oatmeal because it cost money to heat it. So she had all these resources. Her son got an infection in his leg, and Hetty Green would not spend for a real doctor. She went all around the city looking for a free clinic. In the meantime, it got so infected, her son's leg had to be amputated. She had resources, but it didn't do anyone else any good. I want to tell you, those two choices are not pleasing to God. In our text, it begins with, there is a boy here. That's not just information. That is a rebuke. You mean to tell me there was not a single adult, 5,000 men plus women and children. There wasn't a single adult with lunch there. You know there were adults had lunch. Andrew's coming around. Would you be with... (laughs) fat chance. What are you talking about? There's a boy here. So there were people there. They had resources, but were not willing to respond. One thing you have to learn about money, whatever amount God puts into your hand, he did not just give it for you. God has no problem giving you money to pay bills. Yes, pay your bills. That's godly. He has no problem you buying stuff. Stuff is not evil. He has no problem saving. As long as you understand, he did not just give you money for you. Genesis 12, 2, I will bless you and you will be a blessing. Built into God's plan of economy. I put resources into your hands, and it is meant to bless other people. We're expected to share. We're expected to use our resources, our money to save souls. The wealthy farmer in Luke 12, I will save. I'll build bigger barns. I'm going to save more. But God said, you fool. Luke 12, 21, for this is how it will be for those who store up things for themselves and are not rich toward God. 
When God puts resources into your hands and you never pray and ask God, what do you want me to do with this money? When you fail to respond to God when he puts needs in front of you, when you fail to invest in God's purposes, that is not pleasing to God. I had a lady in our church, she told me recently, her father did not trust banks. He had a dispute with his bank, so he took all of his cash, all of his worldly savings out of the bank in cash, put it in some metal boxes, went, dug a couple of holes on his land, and buried his money. Sat there for years. He's getting very old, probably not far from dying, and so he told his daughter where it was. They went and dug it up. But the problem is, over all that time that this wealth in cash has been sitting there, moisture got in. And much of the money rotted to the point where it was useless. It was gone. God puts resources, and he does not want it to be wasted. Let's talk secondly about releasing. This story is a Bible pattern. It would be a perfect pattern for a Thursday night of conference. A man of God challenges a child of God to release resources for God and his purposes. Verse 8 and 9, one of his disciples, Andrew, said, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two small fish. He went and located someone that had resources and apparently challenged this boy, would you be willing to release what you have in your hand for God and what he wants to do for other people? Are you willing to release? There are people that no doubt you came to this conference with desperate needs and you're saying to yourself, if only God would show me how to get a miracle. If only God would show me how to change things in my life. And he does. He's done it three times so far. And when I get done in a short amount of time, you're going to get another chance. How does God do that? A man of God challenges the children of God to release. A man of God who knows what Jesus wants gives a challenge and presents that need. Luke 19, 31. Why, if anyone asks, why are you loosing it? Say to them, because the Lord has need of it. Think about this story. You're a boy. Apparently his parents weren't there. Maybe they had to work. They couldn't come. This guy that you don't know shows up. Hey, kid, you got some lunch. Give it to me. Why would he do that? Why would he be willing to say yes? I believe it's because he could see the need. I don't think that Andrew just said, hey, kid, give me your lunch. I believe that he did what Pastor Olson will do. He is painting pictures. You know what God could do with this? Look at the crowd. They have nothing, but God wants to do a miracle for them. They have a need. Verse 5 calls it a great multitude. In the Bible, multitudes are a picture of the nations of the earth. Revelations 19, 6. 
the voice of a great multitude as the sound of many waters. Revelations 14, 6, preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people. World evangelism is the most expensive thing we can do in the kingdom. I like Thursday night. Many of you have dressed up in native dress, and I, you, you, it's world evangelism dress night. But I pray that you brought your world evangelism offering tonight. Because it is absolutely the most expensive thing we can do. The couples that are announced have to be moved. That takes money. Equipment has to be bought. They need housing, buildings, and many places in the world, you, they require three months, six months. It, in rare occasions, I've had to pay a year's rent in advance in order to get this church started. Then you have to send speakers there. They're isolated. You have to send people to do crusades. Couples that we send sometimes have to leave every 90 days, every six months to renew visas. Sometimes there's no, no place to meet. We have to buy tents or uh, build buildings. Vehicles need replacing. And then there's crises that come up, uh, health and political crisis. They have to leave. You can't, you can't just say, well... We're a little tight. You make a commitment. It's expensive. And somehow this boy saw the need. I have something I can help. I believe it's because of vision. Maybe he could see in some way what could be done through his gift. As I said, I believe that Andrew gave him a challenge of what Jesus was going to do with this. Put it into Jesus' hand. Let him do a miracle. Vision, multitudes could be impacted and help. Nations can be impacted by what we choose to do with our resources. Lives can be changed and can be saved forever by what we do. In Thursday night, I have a picture I want them to put up on the screen, if they can do this, the first photo. This lady is here with her grandchildren. Her name is Lisa. This lady was saved recently in Eldorado Park, which is a suburb of Johannesburg in South Africa. They were doing a healing crusade. She was actually in a wheelchair, came in, able to walk. God saved this woman, Lisa, did a miracle in her heart. But listen, we do not plant churches because we want pins on a map, names on a, on a screen, we can literally determine whether or not people wind up in heaven or in hell. Lisa gave her heart to Jesus Christ. She lived for God for six weeks and had a massive stroke and died. That woman is in heaven today because people released resources. Maybe it was that that is what he could see. By what we do on a Thursday night, we're not just starting a church. You can take that picture down. It is disciples that will be raised up. Get people saved, but we want them to be discipled. Talking to Brother Mata, asking about the work in Vietnam that he pioneered there. And he said he left it with a convert who became a disciple and a pastor. That is what we're giving for. We are giving for the future of what can happen. Churches that will be planted. Another picture I want you to put up. A number of years ago, probably 10 years ago, we planted a church into 
Ansirabe, the city of Ansirabe in Madagascar. And people began to get saved. We had one couple there. Now the Hadebis have been there doing a great work. This couple in our last conference, this couple, Bruno and Vololone Iena, Rampanarivo. This couple now, that church is planting churches. You know what's exciting about that is any of you that gave on Thursday night of last conference, you have a part in that couple. Now they are planting a church. Now they are preaching on the streets. People are getting saved. Anybody who gives on a Thursday night, you have a part. That is what's going to happen. The couples that will be announced tonight, you can have a part if you can have vision for it. Thirdly, maybe this boy gave because he could see the enlargement of his life. You know, whatever is released to God becomes larger. A donkey released for Jesus brought in the king of kings. What what can you use a donkey for? But that donkey brought the king of kings into the city of Jerusalem. A boat, Peter, push out a little bit. Can I borrow your boat for a minute? A boat becomes a platform where eternal truth is preached and lives are changed. A jar of oil becomes a miracle supply. Your life becomes larger when you release resources for God's purposes in world evangelism. Where do you live? You live here in the valley. I don't know where you live. You live in California. Wherever you are living. What we do on a Thursday night, your life suddenly now becomes larger. I said that couple you just saw on the screen, I have a part in that. Because I gave in that offering. That woman in heaven today, I have a part in that. Through my giving, I raised pledges last week and using, seeing photos of that. It's like incredible. I live in Prescott, Arizona, and somehow my life, my wife and I, our lives become larger through world evangelism. You can reach people all over the world. There's a multiplying power. Philippians 4, 17. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. I started with the story, Walmart. You know what? His friends that invested $2,000, probably they're now passed away. They passed that on. If they held on, if the family held on, to the original stock that they bought, it is still growing today. Think about my parents. While they were living, my parents were very generous for the work of God, investing in every pledge, in every conference, Thursday night offering they invested. You know what? They are dead and in heaven. Their investment has not stopped. It's still growing I wonder if angels come around to their mansion and say, we got more rewards. You you won't believe what's happening on earth with what you gave. It didn't stop yet. That is what can happen. There can be a multiplying power to your life. Let's look at one final thought. Let's talk about the miracle dimension. In our story, it shows us that releasing resources triggers a miracle dimension. Something supernatural happens. They don't just pay bills. 
please, in raising an offering, the bills are going to be huge. I know that. God bless you, Pastor Olson, investing in the nations because you know the cost. Yes, we pay bills, but we do far more than pay bills. A miracle is triggered by releasing resources. Think about the miracles we see in our story. There is, first of all, the miracle dimension of direction. One of the great needs in people's lives is direction. People want to know. They come to their pastor. or They're praying and asking, God, where, how, who, when, what? There, there's so much that we don't know. God, I need to know. John 6, 6, Jesus asked Philip this question to test him. Because he already knew what he planned to do. How can we feed these people? Uh, Man, that would take. Jesus already has the answer. But it was not revealed until someone invested. Something supernatural happens in liberal people. God guides the liberal. Isaiah 58, 10 and 11. Feed the hungry. Help those in trouble. Then your light will shine out from the darkness. The darkness around you will will become bright as noon, and the Lord will guide you continually. Something happens. Yes, the bills of world evangelism are paid, but in those that release, God makes sure that a miracle of direction comes. A statement my father made over and over through the years He said, we stumbled into the will of God. Wasn't like an angel revealed every step. They would, you know, an opportunity would come. I don't know. He said, we stumbled into the will of God. But biblically, I'm not surprised that my father stumbled into the will of God because he was liberal. Do you need direction in your life? Do you understand when you give, when you release resources, You are opening direction for yourself, and that's a miracle. Secondly, there's a miracle dimension of enablement. Verse 5, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? You know, we can be intimidated by what we lack. Some of you, you are intimidated by what you lack in yourself. You're hearing The call to be involved in God's will and in some level. Some of you are, you've been challenged this week. God is pulling on you to respond and obey the call of God to preach or become a missionary. But you are intimidated. You're you're saying, I don't have what it takes. Mark 6.37 is the companion story of the one in John. In the New Living Translation, it says, you feed them. With what, they asked. We'd have to work for months to earn enough money to buy food for all these people. But when a boy releases resources, they become enough. They become more than enough. You feed them. I can't. But if someone would release, there is something about the dimension you trigger within yourself by liberality. God does a miracle, not simply of paying a bill and meeting a need. He does something in those that distribute. And they are now able to do what they just told Jesus we can't do. 
Maybe you're intimidated by what you lack. God enables liberal people. There's a miracle dimension of impact. Verse 14, when they saw the sign that Jesus did, they said, this truly is the prophet that came to the world. This boy's lunch triggered a miracle that caused people's hearts to be open to Jesus Christ and his message. Because there is a connection between liberality and salvation. I'm not surprised that Mark and Michelle Olson were blessed greatly in fruitfulness in Davao City and the Philippines because Mark and Michelle Olson are liberal. I have never seen a church where the pastor and the people are not liberal. I've never seen them experiencing fruitfulness in a great degree. Then there's a miracle dimension of supply. Verse 11, the disciples gave bread and fish to the people as much as they wanted. Can I tell you, we serve a God. He is more than enough. God tells us one of his names, Almighty God El Shaddai. It is literally the God of abundance. That's what it's describing. God is more than enough. God's supply is not connected to or limited by our circumstance. Jesus did not say, I could have helped you if there were only a thousand of you. 5,000 plus women and children and some of you, man, how many kids have you got? It didn't matter. He is able to do a miracle. He is able to multiply. That which is not enough becomes more than enough by a miracle supply. This is all through the Bible. The prophet's widow who is left in debt, she begins to pour out oil into one jar and another bucket and another glass, another vessel. And it, beca- it keeps on pouring to where the debt is paid. There was more than enough. The widow of Zarephath, the flour and oil for three and a half years kept on feeding But listen, miracle supply, some people have the wrong idea. They are willing to give more when they get more. I've had people make me promises. Oh, pastor, when I win the lottery, I I, want to tell you that someday when I increase, you, you can count on me. I'll be there for you. But God wants what you have, not what you don't have. That's what the Bible says. So God challenges. Remember what we said in the beginning. Everybody has resources. Some of you, you are scraping. What you have is actually insufficient to even meet your needs. And yet, God still challenges if you would release. A man of God challenges this boy. And when he releases, an abundant supply is triggered. See, the key to abundant supply is liberality. It's giving. Luke 6, 38. The New Living Translation, if you give, you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full measure, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more. Running over. Whatever measure you use in giving, large or small, it will be used to measure what is given back to you. This is such a fascinating story. Jesus broke the bread and then he said, distribute it. 
The miracle was not that he said, in the name of Jesus, abracadabra, and there were huge piles. Man, and they're shoveling out of this huge pile. No, it was apparently, here's some, we break it and we give to you. And somehow there's more. And we break and give to you. And somehow there's more. It was as they gave out, God did a miracle. Then the story winds up. The disciples, this story, it's repeated. Each of the gospels record this. Because it's foundational for discipleship. The disciples needed more than just enough food for lunch. They needed to understand what God could do for the rest of their lives and their ministries. John 6, 12 and 13, when they had enough to eat, he said to the disciples, gather the pieces that are left over, let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces left over. How many disciples? 12. How many baskets left over after everybody ate as much as they want? 12. Every disciple, pick up a bat. Don't let it be wasted. Let's go. And they're carrying this basket because Jesus says you need to know this. Listen, if you cannot believe God for money, you're not going to believe him for anything. But if you can believe God in money, you can believe him for anything. God can be trusted he knew that there would be later times in ministry when they're struggling. They're wondering how are we? But I remember that basket. I remember when a boy released and we distributed. God did a miracle. God can supply. He can do miracles. He can show me the way to get a miracle. Breakthrough. I want them to put up a picture on the screen. This is Mo and Elizabeth Timbo. They were announced out of the Walthamstow, the Waltham Forest Congregation in uh, 2021, or the Waltham Forest uh, Conference, rather, to pioneer in Paris, France. Very, very exciting when they went there. Listen to this testimony Mo sent me. He said, in conference 2021, we were announced to go to Paris. When God first spoke to me about Paris, I was nervous because Paris is the second most expensive city in the world. On World Evangelism Night, I knew that I was going to be sent out. So he said, personally, what he had in resources, he and his wife, they released it. He said, I just felt, give God your best, and God will do the rest. So he said, it's very exciting being announced, being announced to go to Paris. But he said, after conference, the reality of Paris hit me seeing how expensive it was. He says, an apartment in Paris was going to cost $4,300 a month. His children, two children, just their school fees, one month's school fees, $2,000. He began to calculate and he said, I am going to need $9,000 just to live a month. But he had made up his mind in the offering, just do your best and trust God to do the rest. He said, after conference, if I remember right, conference was close to November, maybe it was in November that year. He said, Christmas Day, a man who's not even in our fellowship sent us $17,000. 
Why would you do that? He said, my wife told me you're moving to Paris. You're going to need it. (laughs) And he sends $17,000. They arrive in Paris. They need schooling for their children, incredibly expensive. When they arrived, the first ever bilingual Protestant school in Paris opened up. When they heard we were missionaries, they said to us, name your price and we'll accept it. So he said, I did. What should normally cost $2,000 a month, we pay $500 a month for both kids. He says, it's a great school. Then the school gave us a building to use for free, and you can have morning prayer there every day. When Mo was in England in the city of Hull, he had some Christian businessmen. They originally were moved when they heard his testimony. Mo was a gangster. He got out of prison and came out of a background of violence. These Christian businessmen, not in our fellowship, they were so moved when they heard his testimony. They began sending him money to support his ministry. He contacted them, said, you've been supporting the work there, just letting you know that we're going to Paris. All of them said, we are going to continue to give money. And one of them said, I'm going to increase the amount because you're going to need a lot more money in Paris. He says, finally, Motimbo, he said, my father's a Muslim. When he got saved, his father cut him out of the will, disinherited him for being a Christian. But when he told his father they're going to Paris, France, to Pioneer Church, when he saw how serious he was about moving to another nation, this got his attention. He said, for the first time, he said, I believe in this, and wrote him back in the will, and now sends money every month for the children's education. A Muslim is helping to support the work of God. Praise God. Thank God. So he says, now everything that I wrote down on the list that I would need to take care of my needs so I can do God's will in Paris has been met. And he said, that all came about because on World Evangelism Night, I said to myself personally in the offering, Do your best, and God will do the rest. And he says, God surely has. Final picture, just want to show you. Here are converts that he is reaching. You know, France is filled with Africans, French-speaking Africans. And he is in Paris, France, and here he is reaching. These are the future of France. Converts who now have that because there are people who said and the Timbos said personally we're going to do our best and if we do our best I want to tell you God will do the rest how many of you believe that let's praise God together right now thank God for his oh God I thank you for your goodness Lord God Thank you so much for your miracle supply. Praise God. Let's bow our heads. Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless. God bless.